0: Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favourite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Unless well, it's a secret sibling, which it probably is. Um <laughs>
1: That's sort of Oh,
0: it all makes sense now. It's like, no, no it doesn't. It makes less sense. I um, have <laughs>
1: more questions. Well, some
0: some people would argue he's the hero of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <But>.
1: Some people <laughs> being. <laughs> and it made you sad. The total opposite made you sad.
2: man, <laughs> it is so bleak. I was reading it
1: and I was like, damn, this girl should come hard like, It's like, like Clone Wars. <laughs> We've not stopped going, we never stopped. <laughs>
0: Here we go. Another episode, another trope. This week the chosen trope is dead or absent parents: colon, the epidemic of literary orphans. Most writers will know exactly why so many of our protagonists are sans parents, and it's because um well, I mean they get in the way. They uh, <laughs> they're just an obstacle. They're an additional obstacle that's not an interesting part of the narrative. They add tricky complications to things. I mean, family dynamics are unique and um, are in a unique and perplexing minefield. But unless the story is specifically about those things, most of us just want to hear about the action, the drama, the mystery, the romance, or whatever else it might be. So let's kick things off with Melissa this time, I think. How Woo. do you feel about an orphaned protagonist?
1: Love an orphan. Who doesn't love an orphan? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. What was interesting was when we decided on this trope was um, it was I think I put in like our group chat throw a rock because it just feels <laughs> like especially mm-hmm. in children's fiction yeah. all yeah. of them are orphaned because we have to have a coming <laughs> of age story. So um, yeah, I was really trying to think of ones where they're not orphaned, but then that made me think: is it still an orphaned character if they're with? Say an aunt and uncle. So I know they say in like Harry Potter, obviously, like the aunt and uncle are really horrible to him, but they are still a nuclear family. There are two children, two adults looking after the children, and they are quite controlling of his life and they have to like break him away from that. Like there are literally parts of the books and the films where they have to break him out of number four tri- Private drive just to get him back to obviously the school which has mm. no parents because mm. it's a boarding school so <laughs> i don't know if that necessarily he does still have parental figures and lots of them do that i noticed so i was thinking mm. about alex Ryder in the stormbreaker series he has an uncle and then spoilers, you find out maybe his dad is still alive and maybe (laughs) this bad guy is taking an interest in him for a reason. And that's quite a common one as well. So obviously we included absent parents. So I was kind of struggling with this because it feels like it has to be in everything, but also sometimes There are cheats. There are ways around it. Yeah. And you can have (laughs) like parental figures. And obviously, we've talked about mentors before. Mm
0: -hmm. You can
1: have mentors come in and become and step into that parental figure role. And then when they die, it's like reliving the experience of when their parents died, when they were babies or whatever it may be. So it was a really tricky one today. But overall, I think before we start, before obviously I have my mind changed probably 15 times during this (laughs) conversation, I think I am approving of the orphan trope because I think you need something to move that story forward for coming-of-age stories in children's and
0: YA. Mm -hmm. Yeah I mean it's going on from that I mean especially in fantasy like it's Mm. so common and I think largely because uh, if you have something that ties the protagonist to a certain place then they can't go on their um, epic adventure across the world that might take days weeks months i think years in some <laughs> books and like they yeah. may never return and it's like if you have a family it's mm-hmm. harder to sympathize with that character because it's like oh so you just just left them all like that was it <laughs> <Bye."> <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean what about you what about you know where where are you on this
2: uh, i i too am a fan of the convenient orphan because as they say on the job they were very <laughs> convenient um also it's interesting you mentioned fantasy because I was thinking about this and I don't think um it's a, a genre specific trope I think it lends itself to any genre like mm-hmm. you get you do get them in fantasy but you know you can you can find them in crime novels where they're like they've grown up to be detectives with these like tragic backstories and things like that and you get them in romance novels where like you know the main character christian gray looking at you is, is all broken <laughs>
0: <laughs> because
2: of his orphan background uh. and i just i think it, they they come in any genre and i think um they do that because they are such an easy reach for a writer uh, there are less yeah. characters to handle for you to have to think about and, and make three-dimensional and uh, like you just said you know parents family generally will probably hold someone back from adventure and if you don't have that tether you're going to go off on your little adventure aren't you so yeah as from a writer point of view um big big fan
0: yeah yeah yeah. but i think you, you kind of touched on it there where you said you know those you get these like detective novels where they 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 kind of the it's part of their story that they were an orphan or they didn't have you know good parents or like present parents and then they became this like gritty detective or they became Mm. christian gray somehow uh but i think there's there can also be something tied in with this where and it's not necessarily the main character sometimes this is side characters when there's an orphan i think they can be sort of typecast almost in a way where you i found that a lot of the orphan characters this is a lot of the time side characters though are like tough cynical like Mm -hmm. self-reliant like street smart but not necessarily like wise or anything like that
2: well i I think james bond is a great example of that um so he was obviously an orphan wasn't he and and he's grown up um you know pretty cold and unable to love (laughs) yeah and and i and i think um, that's definitely reflective but i don't think that's the case for, for all people um, yeah. but uh, yeah, from, from a psychological point of view, I find it fascinating, um, how, how things have happened to children when they're young, obviously, you know, those, those um, uh, what's the word experiences go on to, to shape how, how they think and act as adults. And I think you can definitely. Uh, see see how that's happened like for for James Bond and Christian Grey as well he obviously developed some really interesting <laughs> sexual kinks <laughs> because of it interesting yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an it's an artful dodger thing right that's my like yeah that's my like baseline for it is like if you if there is like a, a trope for orphans it, in mm-hmm. my mind it just goes back to the artful dodger and I'm like I think so many I mean, obviously I read a lot of fantasy as my main area and mm-hmm. so many side characters end up with that kind of mentality mm. in- including I have to mention every episode the name of the wind both when he's up growing up and he <laughs> yeah. becomes this like street kid and yeah. it's very much for a yeah. while he very much has that like tough cynical self-reliant street smart
2: yeah
1: yeah which is too. so true because Bella has both her parents and mm. a stepdad who's really nice, and a stepmom <laughs> later that Charlie gets. And let's be honest, when we all watch that Twilight series as thirty-year-olds, like I do every weekend, um, <laughs> you notice that actually Charlie's really hard done by, and he's actually he really is. chill and yeah. like I would marry Charlie Charlie has his own house he has a job with a Charlie's uniform Charlie's a cat <laughs> yeah. Charlie can grow a moustache like Charlie is the MVP of that series what team are you team Charlie every single day of the week Um. but Bella is you know she's not street smart and maybe not the brightest uh, mm-hmm. in, in dangerous situations because she has an amazing loving family yes there was divorce when she was young and that must have been hard but apparently she was a baby when that happened mm-hmm. and it sounds like she went to visit her dad every year and obviously she has a really good relationship with a mom and a stepdad so maybe bella is proving that it makes doesn't make the most interesting character to keep the parents alive yeah yeah that's
0: interesting but i would say that um as much as you two wants to put charlie on a pedestal he, <laughs> he, he is unquestionably absent i mean i know he tries to intervene and she very much pushes back against him but mm-hmm. he like she does basically just run wild, doing whatever she wants with incredibly dangerous magical people yeah and that's not charlie's
2: fault (laughs) no i don't think that's charlie's fault either i mean no i guess he's trying to parent her he's got a busy job it's he's a single dad jamie what do you want
0: from him (laughs) i'm sorry single
2: hot dad fending off all of these women I'm so sorry. we'll have no charlie trashing
0: (laughs) 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 let's let's talk about um that let's talk about the like uh replacement parents which is a sort of like Mm -hmm. almost like a cheat code for this trope uh it's good that you brought up harry potter harry potter was straight on my on my Mm -hmm. list as well because i'm like harry potter is famously an orphan
1: yep and i
0: I consider him an orphan with absent parents because i i mean essentially what the dursleys do to him is not parenting it's child abuse um and it's kind of horrifying that there's no child services or anything get involved with he's literally living under the stairs (laughs) like in a broom cupboard (laughs) like what this is insane and somehow he's very well adjusted and like a social person. But um for me, that kind of thing doesn't, uh, that doesn't constitute parents. Like he is a f- full kind of orphan in my mind because he, ha- mm. he, I guess, because he has no relationship with them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But the other side of that, which I thought was um often, so like with that, his parents have died mm-hmm. and these have been, this has been put in as his kind of substitute parents and then I was thinking like what other what other um kind of stories do something like that and there's like a weird this happened this is like the classic fairy tale thing where Cinderella's uh parents die and like this happens in almost all the iterations of Cinderella mm-hmm. and then you get like the wicked stepmom and stepsisters
2: yeah and oh, that's I hate like- that A weird weird attachment of the
0: trope.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because it's horrible. And it's also just, I think that's when, that is one of those tropes that I think for me goes into a stereotype as opposed to like a trope that Mm. really is usable. And I think it's a bit lazy is when you bring in to some alternative parents and they are awful. So yeah. the evil step-parent and mm-hmm. really the Dursleys are kind of like evil step-parents. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I really dislike that actually nowadays in stuff because first of all, there are lots of different types of families and I think when I was growing up, I definitely used to think, well, I hope my parents never get divorced because I know. obviously my dad will marry some evil woman that will murder him and yeah. make me clean the floors because that's how it <laughs> works. But I do hope that I am an orphan because that's really cool to have your parents both die. It'd be so awesome to To be an orphan and be like all these people, because you know when you're a kid and you're reading that kind of stuff, you just suck it all in like a sponge. So I, I must admit, I I don't like the sort of direction of evil step parent Mm -hmm. when it comes to absent parents, because I do think it's a little lazy and I do think it can be a bit dangerous. Because again, really, the evil step parent is used just to push the child away. They're not usually staying with the evil step parent for very long. It's to make that child like want to run away from home. So it's not even like that character's going to be in it a lot. Yeah. So, is it necessary?
2: Mm.
0: I know what you mean. Yeah. How do you? So, you don't like ev- evil parental replacements? How do you feel about? And this this is something that I think comes up quite a lot. Is the when you there's like often a big reveal that the villain was the hero's like parent all along, like in um, Star oh, Wars. Star Wars.
1: Yeah. yeah, and Alex Rider and stuff.
0: A- yeah. And in I mean, it happens all the time in yeah, anime. It does. And Japanese manga stuff, but mainly because the way that their power and magic systems work usually revolves around bloodlines and lineage. So it just right. it ends up always being the dad. So
2: <laughs> but we how we do go. you feel about that? <laughs> <Game laughs> oh, uh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose I should probably say something about that. Really, should I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I? I I I too find the evil step parent. Um, yeah, not 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 so good. I, I think it teaches children bad things, like what you were saying, Malva. Because um, divorce is, is is common, and the idea that you might get a step parent isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, the evil the reveal that the evil guy is your your parent. I I think that I quite like it actually. <laughs> it's like oh, good twist. I think everyone sees it coming, but I still really enjoy it. Like the Star Wars one was really good. That probably maybe set off the trope. I think, but um, yeah, other yeah ones, it feels I- that way yeah other ones have come along to reinforce it but yeah i i don't personally dislike it i i mean obviously (laughs) i have to say that because i've written it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i will say the the what the star wars one and me i'm very very big fan of star wars and this is i guess this isn't really true with the trope but i just want to mention it right now it there is no foreshadowing at all Mm. uh, that he he is his father Mm. literally they just drop it on you
1: (laughs) yeah that's true and that feels lazy yeah oh do you yeah. think oh i don't know
2: pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's
0: mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a dollar 49 perfect with our classic fries Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. I want
1: some, hi- I want to be able to, my favorite reveals are the ones where they give it me and then I think, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah, realize yeah. all the right, times they told okay. you about it. And that's it. more
2: clever. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
0: All exactly. the ones where you're, you're reading or you're watching and, and like, as just kind of a few pages away from them actually revealing it to you, you're starting yeah. to think, hold on a second. Yeah. Like the dots are connecting. You're, things are falling into place, and then just as you get to that page, I love it. You're like, you're like, oh my god, yes, 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 of course. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love it. I love that so much. So yeah, I think I think that element of surprise can be used quite nicely. I agree with you, Naomi. I think that um, I actually don't mind the bad guy being the parent, or at least finding out someone in the story
2: is the parent,
1: yeah. and because I obviously have, we'll I have to do a whole other episode on this. But my rule is: no body, not dead. If yeah. I don't have a body, they are not dead. They they have just disappeared. There is no chance they are dead. I need to see a grave, and I need to dig up the grave and see the remains, and, double uh, I, and, and then do DNA profiling. <laughs> I on I, dental I records a, a webcam in the coffin so i could see yeah i know I, I that's exactly uh how i feel about um dead de characters anyway so i do quite like it actually i don't see it as a particular mm-hmm.
2: problem it, it makes it more personal as well you know like yeah. it's not it's not just a bad guy it's the bad guy who's your father like that yeah. sucks like it's that's so much so more personal. It makes it more emotional it's more emotional well. yeah and yeah. it's not you don't just have to have to overcome this bad guy now you have to overcome your your own parent like that's that's yeah. so much more personal and emotive i know
1: you evil
2: too yeah. and it just has like a whole it's like be <laughs> <especially laughs> in a series yeah
1: uh. yeah,
0: yeah so yeah. true and you get like the sins of the father themes yes. and stuff coming in and you're like oh my god
1: yeah, yeah I love that stuff oh brilliant. fun
0: you know yeah. what That's. That's really epitomized in, um, uh, and this is more absentee parents than mm-hmm. I would say orphans is, is, um, stuff like Jumanji, the, the first Jumanji yeah. where the actor that plays the main character's father yeah, is, is also, um, Van Pelt. yeah, he's also the hunter, the guy who, yeah. who like is in, in the game What and then they do it in, um. They do it in lots of the Peter Pan yes. uh, adaptations as well, where the, the same actor plays Hook and the father, the abs- who is always an absentee father and then yes. represents the villain in the story. I think that's yeah. a really nice way. Of to, obviously... The, like you can't just if there was more of that it would be very boring and everyone would be like okay we've had enough of this like the father is also <laughs> <laughs> mm. I
1: know, yeah yeah it can be overdone and I think probably at the minute as we said we can think of so many examples yeah. of that kind of stuff but yeah I think especially when you've got visual medium like in a film it's mm-hmm. a really nice tie-in especially if when you're a kid because of all the stage makeup you don't notice it and then when you rewatch it as an adult you're like oh, that's the same guy and you sort of draw those I, I like that kind of stuff
0: yeah, you're like that's the same guy, but that but that means, and then and then it's an existential spiral from that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I switch it off and go back to Twilight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back Good to my Charlie. safe space. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about? Um, obviously, Disney is littered with orphans. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about Anna and uh, Anna and Elsa from from Frozen? Sort of as their their whole kind of origin thing is sort of based around the fact that they became orphans together Mm -hmm.
2: yeah it it, it's automatic sympathy isn't it even for yeah
0: that's one thing isn't it
2: because they lose their parents when they're children and i remember um my nephew was maybe about four at the time when he came when it came out and Mm -hmm. i remember watching it with him and he loved watching anna and elsa play together as children in the snow when elsa's making like slides and stuff and he thought that was brilliant and it really you could see he really understood that the parents had been taken away and even Mm. though it's not that dramatic um like you know you don't see blood or anything do you just the ship is take overtaken by this big wave um james james my nephew you could just tell that he understood and it made him really sad and he loved that movie um because i think you could just tell he automatically felt sorry for these two kids who've grown up without parents yeah. Um, so I. Yeah, I think it it really really tugs at your heartstrings that one because you see them playing as children, and then in like the next scene or something they're taken away. Um. Yeah. It de- it defines that movie. I think. Yeah. It does.
1: Yeah, and it massively projects them forward because obviously usually in Disney and other things the main character starts off quite poor and low down whereas these guys are princesses and obviously they're going to become like Elsa's going to become the queen because Mm -hmm. her parents have died and they were king and queen so it's a good way to get them uh, to propel the story forward and obviously make sure that they're in charge of the story moving it forward because it'd be quite hard to get sort of they're basically celebrities in their world which is a Mm -hmm. bit of a stranger one to come across and of course as you know there were no bodies recovered from those parents so <laughs> people listening who know about the uh, extra little things people try and connecting up the Disney universe they went on to be the parents of Tarzan in the jungle <laughs> and then they were killed so obviously
2: they were absentee
1: parents so twice but yeah so,
2: so. <laughs> I that love that quite theory. the little rabbit hole yeah <laughs> wow I,
0: uh, the theory I read was that they were on their way to uh, to Rapunzel and Flynn's wedding and yeah. that, that's where oh,
1: they were no yeah. way that's <laughs> amazing yeah. Because Rapunzel and Flynn come at the end to Elsa's coronation. Mm. You see them in the queue. Yeah, oh, is at the beginning. Oh, Mm. yes, it is. No no way. After the parents are. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, what a little Easter egg. I will, yeah. I know. Tonight. (laughs) 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 Any excuse to watch Frozen. I will say, though, that terrible, terrible parenting uh, in Frozen. They, they essentially yeah. mm. cause Elsa and Anna PTSD. to be isolated yeah. from each other and also make Elsa, like, the give her all the issues that she has.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's
1: very true. They massively isolate her from anyone apart from them. Mm-hmm. And their entire mantra is keep it very, very quiet. Do not yeah. speak to anyone about this. Yeah, <laughs> which mm. is not the best. Yeah, they're probably not the best parenting. And then just leave. And even if they come back from that boat ride, they're away for months. They tell them, they're like, we're going to be away for a long time. And she's like, okay, cool. I'll just stay in my room forever then.
2: That's exactly (laughs) what it looks like.
0: (laughs) Like they both go in this kind of time period where they, 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 (laughs) like what? (laughs) And also, I mean, let's not go down this rabbit hole, but if you watch Frozen 2, it makes even less sense because they have so much stuff about their their mum. Yes. and how she actually yeah. does magic and stuff. And I'm like, what is yeah, going like- on here? This is
1: really- <laughs> Worst parent ever. Good thing yeah. she is uh, absent. That's what I say. Yeah.
0: Thank <laughs> God we got rid of her. <laughs> okay, let's start it back. Since we're on MG, I did want to talk mm. about middle grade um, because it's, uh, I think in middle grade, a lot more common is for it to be absent parents than 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 dead parents. And, and I think with middle mm-hmm. grade, it's much more of a, um, that you need to get rid of the parents because mainly because uh and it's not getting rid of them in terms of like killing them like you would in ya naturally but uh, uh, more like you need to like sideline them or like escape them or something like that because okay the age of the characters in middle grade a lot of the time mm-hmm. means that, that they need agency but the parents have almost complete in yeah. like a realistic setting they have complete sort of um gatekeeping ability of their children's Agency. Mm-hmm. So I think in yep. a lot of MG, it's more about like slipping, sort of great escape style, slipping away from the parents, yeah, sneaking out the house kind sense. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only the only one I could think of off the top of my head, which was like slightly more on the YA sort of adult kind of side of orphans, is is Artemis Fowl, where mm-hmm. in the first book, his father is missing, presumed dead, and his mother is um, won't leave her bedroom. Mm, yeah. Uh, so he has like complete autonomy, uh, to, to, to run the house. Although like you mentioned, uh, <laughs> earlier, it does turn up and turn out in later books that his father is in fact not dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Need to follow the rule. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah. I, what, what do you guys think about the MG middle grade and like how, how, like how the tropes used it with younger audiences? Cause I mean, you've got obviously Harry Potter, mm-hmm. which is yeah. just child abuse Um,
1: (laughs) just just that (laughs) typical children's topic of childhood yeah it's basically Um, kidnapping yeah (laughs) i think um i quite like it like i liked what you said about it's a bit like sort of great escape escapades home Mm -hmm. alone time that it makes more fun for that and also it's kind of implying that the reader could maybe like play some of these pranks on their parents to like sneak away (laughs) or they would obviously never actually work but it's quite fun to imagine um i was actually thinking about um hannah gold's the last bear Mm -hmm. and in that um The uh, main character, April, she has uh, her dad is very much involved in a research station up in Svalbard where they go and like research polar bears because it's about a a polar bear. And uh, April goes off and makes friends with a polar bear, which I would not recommend (laughs) most 12 year olds do. However, (laughs) April totally handles it like a champ and uh, manages not to get munched by the polar bear. But I remember uh, chatting with Hannah about this. And she said like, oh yes, a couple of people have mentioned to her before. Where is her dad? Because obviously she's (laughs) off playing with polar bears, but he is very occupied with what he's doing and his work. And I think in that, I quite like this actually. She doesn't really worry about explaining too much. She's just like, the dad is busy and not watching April every second of the day, so mm-hmm. April's going to go and do other stuff. So there isn't necessarily that need for the same sort of sneaking out escapades, which I think can be really fun. But I think sometimes we as writers overthink it. Yeah, and um, yeah. you know, and I remember there were definitely times in my childhood that I was out on my bike, playing out with my friends, and we were not in any eyesight of an adult, and we definitely like you know did things like rode our bikes without. Wearing our helmets and then fell off and (gasps) smashed our heads and we were like, oh my gosh, we can't tell mum and dad. And they would not find out. (laughs) Sorry, mum and dad. And (laughs) they wouldn't know. So there's definitely times when children aren't necessarily in eye and earshot of another adult. So I don't think you have to overthink it, but I do think you can have a lot of fun Mm -hmm. by having them escape the adults.
2: I don't know.
0: I would say the stakes are uh, often a little bit lower because for a lot of middle grade if we're being honest, the parents are buying it for their children. And I'm sure the children will have some input for younger readers, but I don't think it's awkward to set up a situation where if the parents are maybe reading it to their children or just kind of reading along with them at the same time Mm -hmm. or, or reading it before they give it to their children. And they set up a situation where in the story the children are doing something extremely dangerous. Their parents know, don't know where they are, are like panicking, calling the police. That seems like a horrifying experience (laughs) for the parents. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like where the hell are my kids and like you know that they're off risking their lives doing yeah. like, very dangerous things and the parents yeah. are just panicked and worrying like probably can't sleep
1: exactly <laughs> what do they think this is the walking dead and just Paul going off whenever he because no one watches him this is a children's story
2: people yeah no that would be very stressful <laughs> I quite like the secret garden um like it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a classic middle grade isn't it I don't read a lot of middle grades sorry everyone um, but yeah, The Secret Garden came to mind when we were thinking about this trope because obviously the main character is orf- is an orphan and then she's get- she gets sent to a house where the boy, um, I think his mother is dead, but it's a cousin, isn't it? His mother is dead, but um, the father is absent. And so these two kids are just kind of like let loose really. And the only thing they have to escape is like this horrible matron lady. And she's like how you were saying, just kind of like an obstacle to get around rather than like, um, ad- yeah, she just... She, she's like the bad guy almost in the whole story and right she, she's this thing you have to over, the, the kids have to overcome to get out of the house and go to the garden and things like that which
0: yeah. I think for that age group adds a sort of like I said the great escape kind of thing like it adds a new level of tension and a sort of new yeah. exciting thing because it's like oh, how do you sneak around the? and I guess quite relatable for, for younger audiences as well
2: yeah, yeah. so true yeah, which
1: is really fun as opposed to what makes me laugh is when I see—I do see reviews of middle grade books where parents especially are writing, well, I was reading this to my child and it's, it's ridiculous that the parent <laughs> would be watching this child. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah but April also befriends a polar bear. Yeah, so you you're chill about that bit. Like that's fine, but god forbid that her dad's not watching her. I just I just find that really funny because I think for parents reading it maybe and even choosing it that seems to be Oh, that's the thing the I really so that's the craziest yeah. bit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savoury tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the Filet-O-Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. (laughs) Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you guys have any other honourable mentions?
2: I did. I had a really good one. Sorry, if you don't mind me interrupting. Go, go, go <laughs> let's
0: hear it. I want to hear all of them. So
2: you were talking about Disney before, and I was mm-hmm, thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, what about like Marvel in DC? Like that's just littered Ooh. with orphans. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Batman, I thought Batman. it was a massive one. Batman. <laughs> that was really good too. <laughs> um, I thought um, his being an orphan works really well, actually. Like I think that really takes the trope and harnesses it because oh, um, yeah, yeah. like he's got all the money in the world, but the only, the one thing you can't buy back is his parents, <laughs> bless him. <laughs> And, but it's, um, so,
0: it's so ingrained in his character like his, his so whole character ingrained. is shaped yeah around
2: that. and like it know. really triggers his journey because he decides that he doesn't want anyone else to be a victim of a crime and then he goes and he fights crime as this vigilante figure and yeah. i think he just embodies that trope like so so well um so yeah i thought he was a really good example of it being done like amazingly well
0: yeah I think it, that's the same thing as we've, uh, we've talked about a lot of these tropes where it's like, if you lean, lean hard enough into the mm. trope, you make the trope like the whole thing. Yeah. Then you can almost yes. always like, it's, it's fine. Cause, yeah. cause at that point it's not like, Oh, I noticed that there was a trope in this. It's like, you can't not notice yeah. <laughs> that Batman is a, I mean, we've had his origin story like 10 oh, different so times, many times. <laughs> yeah. different iterations of it. So,
2: but I, I think it, it, he actually is quite a three dimensional character because of, his his being orphaned
0: yeah um and
2: like the way that he grows up and the way that he deals with it i think um it makes him quite well-rounded as a character and like you were saying because they lean so heavily into the trope he just he um just becomes this like really three-dimensional person because it's defined him so much um Mm. that you can't look at him and not think you're an orphan you know i I think um it's it's done really well um Mm. and then i was thinking as well that spider-man I don't think I don't think you ever really know what happens to his parents, but he definitely lives with his aunt and uncle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe and, it's been covered in the like comics at some point. Yeah. But I, don't, yeah.
2: Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen it like in, in a movie. But um, in one
0: of no, in one of the iterations of the movie, the Andrew Garfield ones, they mm. tried to touch on it. And his parents oh, were yeah, scientists. yeah, they did.
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And but were they, killed for
0: some technology. Yeah,
2: I that that rings a bell. Yeah, but um, I thought the death of Uncle Ben and Aunt May and stuff, I thought it was really poignant because um, obviously this kid's grown up without parents, and he's he's now living with this nice aunt and uncle, like the complete opposite of Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, well, also, that falls into the mentor trope as well, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And the um replacement parent, but yeah, yeah. So I, I thought yeah, Spider Man yeah. did it well as well.
0: The. The really big one that I realized, which I guess is a really good sort of polar opposite from Batman. So with Batman, we've got, here's the trope. Mm-hmm. We're going all out on this trope. So like yeah. you can't call us up and be like, oh, wait, hold on. This is just a boring. It's like, no, no, no. This defines his character. Yeah. The, the opposite of that, which I think hap- is the common thing, which is when people are like, oh, I'm bored of this, is when people are orphans and it's just like not touched on. It's not built it's into their character. It's, it's yeah, just like, mm. a side and, note. <laughs> um, yeah. And I had uh, uh, Frodo from Lord of the Rings. Uh, who obviously lives with yeah. Bilbo. I li- I did a brief amount of research into this, and apparently, uh, uh, his mum was a brandy bug, which actually makes him Mary's cousin. Fun random fact. Oh, uh no and From what I could find, it sounds like his parents, when he was young, his parents went on a boat trip uh, when he was oh, like twelve or something, and uh, and drowned, mm-hmm. and then he just went and lived with his un- with his uncle Bilbo. No way. But like, oh, wow, I never knew that. Yeah, like never touched on. You, you don't no. think about it really when you're no. watching Lord of, you of Lord of the Rings or reading Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, like it doesn't. He's, I mean, he's an adult,
2: mm.
0: I think. <laughs> yeah, I so a teen. <laughs> maybe.
2: But he, he never mentions it either. No. No. I Sorry,
0: guess it doesn't enhance the story. So I I think it's mm. a good example of where it's not touched upon or built into the character. Yeah. But but at the same time, it doesn't really matter. I also think it's to do with how old or like mature he is. Whereas the younger the character, the more you're kind of like, hang on a sec, what, where, where's this person, where's this child's parents?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think about it it with
0: like a, if the character was like 21, you, you wouldn't be thinking, oh, well, where are their parents?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although don't they have like a second childhood and they're not adults till they're 30 or something? Isn't this in Hobbit lore? That they, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's like a whole thing where wow. they are considered an adult at thirty. Oh, okay. So yeah, so <laughs> maybe people are worried
2: about Bilbo. We just don't see that.
0: <laughs> Bilbo's not worried. So I mean, <laughs> um, that's funny. <laughs> that's his one like main parent fit figure. Yeah,
2: yeah, but his and then, parent figure had also been on their own adventure. So
0: that's true. That's true. Yeah. And he was probably like,
2: yes, you one. go off on your own adventure. <laughs> yeah, probably
1: <laughs> go encouraging. Fight
0: some dragons and fight <laughs> And then the other one I had, which is like almost. I was trying to think of a single grim dark thing that I've read, whether it's like um, grim grim dark fantasy, and then also like cyberpunk, sort of like dark sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. So something like Joe Abercrombie's or, or like Scott Lynch's books, where hmm. uh, they're set in worlds that are so gritty that it's almost like by default, it's like yeah, well, of course, all of most of the characters' parents are dead because mm-hmm. it's a horrible right. world where everyone just dies. Yeah, so. I mean, th- that one, I, I have no issue with that. Like if you if you tie, so like Scott Lynch's Gentleman Bastards, they are set, essentially the main characters are all kind of bought from this child um, a thief-taker guy who basically collects all the orphans in the city and then sells them to different gangs to raise mm-hmm. them as like thieves and thugs and things like that. If you bake it into, like all tropes, if it's baked well enough into the setting, into the like storyline, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have an issue with it.
1: It's interesting because um, when it comes to uh, most of the people we're talking about, I just realised we've pretty much all picked only children. So when they lose their parents, they've lost kind of their entire family.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Because on my list was um, Divergent, because she sees her parents die,
0: oh. but then learns loads
1: about her mum later, and she and she's a twin, so her brother's there. And then it made me think of Naomi's book
0: <laughs>
1: because she's obviously a twin. And so there's a there's a parent that's died, and you're not sure what's happened to the father, but also Naomi bakes it in very well because she has this whole other element. I'm just uh, mansplaining a book to you now, Naomi. Fine, uh, where- <laughs> you might be
0: familiar to you. Don't you? <laughs> I,
1: don't know, I don't know if you want the spoiler, however. Um she has this whole thing where you're not sure whether um, the main character, Lola, is hallucinating or not. And she hallucinates a lot about her, her, who she wishes her dad was because she's never met him. And mm. he stops her from doing stuff quite a lot, even though he's literally not real. Yeah. So he would like be like, no, you shouldn't be doing this or, and distract her. And then she'll get like caught by the bad guy because her fake dad was distracting her. And I <laughs> thought that was quite funny because he's not there, but he's totally there. And well like
2: he, it's really the, funny. The thing with that was right, she's always wanted a father. And yeah. it's like so he should be the father who she needs. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. It, any responsible parent would be like, no Lola, don't steal stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Even if <laughs> she did make dumb. it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my god, that just made me think of such an opposite end of the spectrum story to Naomi's. But mm. this is like the wholesome version of that. Which mm. Is uh Coco. Awesome. Because oh, in Coco- well, Coco's, oh. First of all, Coco's okay. yeah, so Coco is amazing. Yeah, so good. He has like he he's always imagining who his father is, and he thinks that his father is this like famous musician. Mm-hmm. And and he actually has a very like loving family that takes a lot of care of him, but he goes chasing after this kind of dream fantasy of of who his father is. Yeah, that's a kind of nice way of doing that. I mean, he doesn't. I, I don't think it falls into the trope because he does have a very loving family. He just only has he just yeah. has his, um, his mom's there not his not his father. But mm-hmm. since you brought us onto YouTube, I did want to round this off by saying that was Naomi's second book. Naomi's first book and your first book, Melissa, you mm-hmm. both went for protagonists with a single parent. Yep. Yep. In those.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was on purpose. I was looking at my back catalogue and I've written 10 books and only one of them has two parents.
0: <laughs> okay, Okay.
2: Interesting. Yeah. yeah. There's obviously a theme here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i would say in melissa's book i mean obviously circumstances prevent it but not i would say not an absent parent in the undying tower but i think mean, no. in every line of view she she very much does feel like an absent parent even though yep. she's in the house she's so disconnected from, from yeah the for sure yeah yeah what, yeah. what what made you want to you know having done the trope twice now <laughs>
2: <laughs> and probably a third time <laughs>
0: you're going to keep doing it are you ever not going to do the uh,
2: trope? well no because i said earlier like it's an easy reach for a writer it's automatic sympathy. Yeah. um you know and actually the one book that i did write where someone had two parents i actually really Find it hard to handle them both. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you it's have to do it. something with them, right? You've got to make yeah, them evil. You've it's got a to do lot something easier with to them. get
2: rid of them. Um, but yeah, giving the mum like uh she was pretty absent mentally uh, in every line of you that that was on purpose because then Lydia really is pushed to do what she does. She has yeah. nothing to hold her back, and when someone's like, "Hey, let's go do that thing you don't want to do," we'll we'll do it anyway. She's like, "Okay," because yeah. there's, there's literally nothing holding her back, and um. It, I think it makes her more three dimensional as well because she's kind of self she's kind of raised herself mm-hmm. uh had to cope with the loss of something of like half her family and um yeah it's it's all about grief really that book it's lovely
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah like grief and, and downward spirals
2: <laughs> yeah <pretty
0: far>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's it i think in conclusion mm-hmm. in conclusion I think generally when there are two parents the the stories will far more often lean into a family dynamics story right. and a sort of like uh, fixing issues with families. You get something like um, Atypical, which is a great show on Netflix, uh, yeah. and then stuff like that where the, there will be plots that are outside of it. But I feel like if you have two parents, if you have like a complete nuclear family, mm-hmm. that will often be a main a major theme of the whole story. And mm-hmm. uh, I think if you want to do something which doesn't necessarily focus on that but can touch on it you need to um how to phrase this damage the family (laughs) in some way (laughs)
2: yeah i think because
0: it's just tying tying the main character down right it's about agency yeah it's about freedom it's about sympathy as well like you gain a lot of sympathy by being an orphan but at the same time you would lose sympathy if your main character just said all right guys peace out I'm going off an adventure now <laughs>
2: yeah try not to worry You're about a month.
0: Me. <laughs> I'll probably be risking my life but don't worry about it <laughs> thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode to stay tuned to everything we're up to you can follow the podcast on all socials at the chosen tropes follow Melissa at Meliver, Naomi at Naomi G writes and Jamie at Jamie X Greenwood don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books as well as the right and wrong podcast thanks again and we'll see you on the next trope